Pastor Henry Harder, the Renewal Singers, and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue on today in Acts chapter 11, moving to verses 25 and 26. The Spirit of God continues His work through the believers that had fled Jerusalem after the death of Stephen. Luke tells us that the gospel had spread as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. So when the church in Jerusalem hears the news of what is happening in the city of Antioch, they send Barnabas to investigate. When he arrives in the city, he is glad and encouraged by what he sees. He stays on in Antioch, encouraging the believers to stay close to the Lord. As a result of his ministry, large numbers of people were added to the Lord, and the church in Antioch continued to grow. It became evident to Barnabas that he needed help. This brings us now to today's study, to verses 25 and 26. Barnabas will now go to Tarsus and ask Saul to come to Antioch and help him. Here's what Luke writes. Then Barnabas went off to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, the two of them lived in fellowship with the congregation there, and gave instructions to large numbers. It was in Antioch that the disciples first got the name of Christians.
No doubt Barnabas had been among those that had encouraged Saul to flee to Tarsus to escape the fury of the Jews in Jerusalem. Barnabas had been the first to embrace Saul when he arrived in Jerusalem back in chapter 9 and had encouraged his acceptance by the brothers. In the early period of Saul's ministry, it seemed that Barnabas alone discerned in Saul the greatness of this man. So, now that he needed help in Antioch, he goes to Tarsus and persuades Saul to join him. This proved to be a wise choice. The two of them worked together in Antioch and achieved great things through the power of God's Spirit, which will be remembered as long as this world lasts. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. We Gentiles owe a great deal to the Christian Jews of the first century who took the risk of bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. Jesus had told them to witness to the ends of the earth. At the risk of their lives, they did. The first big step was for the Christian Jews, originally from Cyprus and Cyrene, but more recently from Jerusalem, to make their way to the third largest city in the Roman world, Antioch. They told the good news that sins could be forgiven and that immortality was a fact for all who believed in Jesus. Their message was simple and to the point. Evidently, people of that city were ready to receive the truth. Luke writes that a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Barnabas from the church at Jerusalem came to check it out. That was a 300-mile one-way trip for him, no small feat in those days. While he was there, the community of Christians continued to grow. It was getting too big for him to handle. Naturally, he needed help. Who should he call? He thought of Saul or Paul. Saul had left Jerusalem because the Hellenist non-Christian Jews there threatened to kill him. He had gone to his home in Tarsus in the province of Cilicia on the mainland, just north of the island of Cyprus. It may have been as long as nine years since Paul had left Jerusalem. But Saul would be a suitable man to work in Antioch. He was educated as a Jew, so he could meet Jewish needs there. And he was raised in Tarsus, so he was a Hellenist and could meet the needs of Gentiles. Furthermore, Saul was skilled in debating, so he could meet the arguments of both Jews and Gentiles in this cosmopolitan city. Last, but by no means least, Saul had the kind of courage that it would take to work in Antioch. No doubt Barnabas was aware what Saul had been doing during those years. The Bible doesn't tell us directly. Piecing the information together, he evidently went about that whole area of Cilicia witnessing to Jesus Christ. Evidence points to a strong Christian element in that area by the end of the first century. By the end of the third century, there were at least 14 major Christian centers there. Paul had not been idle. Evidently, much of his sufferings and beatings happened during those years. So Barnabas decided to travel to Tarsus to find Saul. He had no idea where he was exactly. In all likelihood, Saul had been disinherited and was no longer residing in his ancestral home. When Saul wrote later that he suffered the loss of all things for the sake of Christ, he may have referred to the fact that he was disinherited by his family. 
So Barnabas didn't know exactly where to find Saul. The Jerusalem church knew that he had been preaching, but they didn't know much more. Evidently, he preached in the Cilician synagogues, since the five lashes he got were during this time and were given by authorities of the synagogue. So Barnabas decided to make his way to Tarsus to find Saul. He could travel either by boat or by land. Tarsus lay northwest of Antioch, across the water above Cyprus. By land, Barnabas would have traveled north and then west, about a hundred miles. Nothing is said about the trip. He found Saul and brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. No doubt there were Jewish converts who needed to be taught. No doubt there were Gentile God-fearers who needed instruction. But most of all, those who needed to be taught were the pagans, the barbarians. These were plentiful in this city where Mediterranean civilization met the Syrian desert. These converts from paganism needed help to understand what it meant to be in Christ. They needed to understand what Christian conduct meant. They needed to know the obligations of being disciples of Christ. The Christian community was by this time large, and Barnabas and Saul had their work cut out for them. It is at this point that Luke writes that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. We are not told why. Perhaps it was nothing more than identity, since they were a significant group by this time in Antioch. Or perhaps it was a term of derision and ridicule. Antiochians were famous for nicknames. They called Emperor Julian the goat, for example. So here was a nickname for the believers in Christ, Christians. The I-A-N after Christ, to form the word Christian, means belonging to the party of. Like those who belonged to the dynasty of Herod were called Herodians. Who gave the Christians that name? Not Jews. They wouldn't have identified Jesus as Christ, which means Messiah, nor did believers call themselves that. They called themselves simply disciples, believers, or saints, or brothers, or people of the way. I can imagine one of the Christians under one of those many colonnades in Antioch talking about Christ, and a group of people gather and dispute with him. Some pagans come by and ask, what's going on there? Another pagan explains, oh, those people always talk about Christ. They belong to Christ's party. They are Christians. Could be. One final comment about that name Christian. While it became a name of respect, honor, and admiration, it came also with problems for these early Christians. That name helped to develop for this new group a self-consciousness that they were a distinct group from Judaism. The problem was that Rome began to recognize the church as a distinct religious group and not a sect of Judaism. So it lost its legal status and its protection from Rome. The church, however, continued to grow, and Christians were being taught by Saul and Barnabas. It became a strong church, and it was from this point, from Antioch, that Saul's missionary activities that would take him all the way to Rome were soon to be launched. 
God was reaching Jews and Gentiles with the good news of Jesus Christ. Production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.